What is up, you fantastic, wonderful, beautiful people of the world? This is Ashley Campbell with Daily Encouragement. By the time you guys hear this episode, check this out. It's going to be July 5th, the day after Independence Day. That will be very interesting. Um, anyway, I'm going to get into that, you guys. I had some ideas of things that I wanted to do this year, but anyway, I won't talk about that right now. So I hope you guys, if I mean, if you live in the United States, you know what one thing I really get irked about when it comes to Independence Day is people celebrate it, but we're not living it. Does that make sense? Like there's certain things that are going on in our country right now that should not be going on. And I'm thinking, hmm, do we really have the spirit of independence or do we have a spirit of a slave? And you guys, that's a whole nother conversation I can get into. We will probably do that at some point. However, I got to focus today, you guys. We're going to be talking about, are you arguing with God? And this is all coming down from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It talks about, how we uh, cast down arguments and pretensions and things that go against the knowledge of God. And uh, I want to talk to you guys about that as well as what you need in order to be able to do that. If you're going to cast down arguments, if you're going to live out the words of the Lord in your life, do you actually have the ingredients of what you need to do that? Do you have enough love inside of you, enough grace in the process? Because if you do not, this process of acknowledging your arguments and your pretensions and taking every thought captive, is going to be the most burdensome, frustrating thing you've ever did. And you are going to start judging God, thinking that he does not love you or care for you because you have not done the primary thing, which is internalizing his love and his grace. We'll get into all that, you guys. I was asked by another follower on here to do a series about putting on the armor of God. And this is all going to build up to that. You have to be able to know what you're fighting against. You can put armor on, but if you don't know your enemy, if you don't know the thoughts that you're ultimately supposed to be dealing with, what good is it? Does that make sense? You can put the armor of God on, but you have to be a little bit more aware of really what's going on. And you guys, I've, I've told you before, the only way God can change you is with your thoughts. There's no other way God's going to change you. If you can't start dealing with your thoughts and your thought life and the things that you meditate on that separate you from God and the arguments and the pretensions, then you're not going to move any, you're not going to move any further than that. You know, God's given us his spirit, right? His Holy Spirit. That's his last means of re reconciling the world to himself. It can't happen any other way. So if you don't got the Holy Spirit, you have not been reconciled to God and you need to get reconciled, okay? Because the time will come when this world's going to end. Praise the Lord, right? I don't know about you guys, but some days it's like, man, that'll be nice. When there's so much wickedness going on, and you guys, let's be honest, this is stuff that's been going on forever. This is nothing new under the sun. So it doesn't surprise me. But man, oh man, the burden of it one day being lifted off of us, not having to, um, you know, bear that will be nice, right? So anyway, you guys, let's go ahead and have this conversation. Let's ask the question, are you arguing with God? So I have been in 2 Corinthians 10, I don't know, the last week or so. And so I just went ahead and, okay, so let's look at the, let's look at the verse really quick. So I've got this like parallel New Testament. It's got like, I don't know, six different translations in it. And I want to read each translation to you guys really, really quick. Second Corinthians chapter 10. What verse is it? Let's start at verse four. All right. I'm going to just read one out of the uh, NIV, New King James. Um, the, what was it? This one's the New Living Translation. This one is the message. So check this out. This is NIV, second Corinthians 10, four. It says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. And if you guys check out the podcast or the video I released last week, I get into that a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, what does it mean to, you know, the weapons of the world? I talked about, you know, are you still, if you're a Christian, 
and you're hanging around other Christians, are you still seeing them through the lens of their old life? Have you conditioned yourself to look at people through the lens as far as Christ redeeming them? And if, you know, it's really hard to do that if you have not done that with yourself. Have you have, have you internalized God's grace for you in such a way and actually received from him that is changing your life? I, you know, I wrote this up in a post yesterday. You cannot do for God until you've received from God. God gives you what you need to be the person that he's created you to be, but you have to internalize these things. You have to be like a child. Children receive. We are God's kids. Are you receiving from him? And as a result of that, receiving from him, you naturally become the person he's created you to be. But I digress. So the weapons we fight with of the world. Okay. On the contrary, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We're going to break that down, okay? Let's look at the other translation. This is uh, New King James. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And I talked to you guys last week about what it means to be carnal. You know what it means to be carnal? Unintelligent. No reasoning. You're, you're living off a complete instinct. You have no logical thought process. You don't even know why you do what you do. Did you know animals can't self-reflect? They don't think like him, like humans do. We're made in the image of God, right? Did you know God never says, I don't know? He's never, have you ever approached somebody and you're like, why'd you do that? Oh, I don't know. Kids are really notorious for that. But even if you have, you ever approached an adult and they say that to you, you know, you, you, you know what I've heard from other adults I've asked that when they say, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? They're like, well, I didn't put any thought into it. God never says that. Thank God. He never says, I don't know. He is fully conscious of the thoughts that he has and why the decisions that he makes. You guys, we are supposed to be like him in that way. Are you conscious as to the thoughts that are governing your life? If not, and then you see things happening in your life that you don't like. 99.9% .9 of the time, it's because you're not conscious. And if you're choosing not to be conscious, that's a whole nother conversation, right? How many people try to drown the reality of their own inner thought life? Think about it, especially adults. You know, they can't handle it. Oh, I don't want an adult today. I've seen that meme so many times. I'm like, are you guys serious? Really? Wow, it's so hard being an adult. <laughs> anyway, let's move forward. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that, exalt, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay, so that is in New King James. Let's look over here at uh, New Living Translation. So this is... Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, we use God's mighty weapons, not uh, mere worldly weapons, to knock down the devil's strongholds. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. And we punish those who remain disobedient after the rest of you become loyal and obedient. So... Um, you guys, that's interesting. Go up here to strongholds. What's a stronghold? I talked about this last week, but I think it's worth noting again. A stronghold is just a place of safety. Okay. Look up the word stronghold. See what it means. You guys, the Bible is not difficult to understand. If you don't know what something means, go back and look it up, right? Look up what it means. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is a place of safety. So the devil's strongholds, it's not that they're his per se, but he uses 
the things that you have built in your life to make you feel secure and safe. Now, God is a stronghold. He is a refuge. He is a place of shelter and protection if you are in him. However, if you have found your safety and security in everything but God, you see God as a threat. Some people do, right? They don't find safety in him. They're like, what? What do you mean? Right? Your own ways of feeling safe can become your strongholds, especially, you know they're a stronghold if they're keeping you from God, right? If, if you're not wanting to become vulnerable and, and move forward and become transformed, right? Did you know you're not supposed to be the same person you are right now, especially if you're a Christian? Did you know you're supposed to be evolving, going from glory to glory? Do you guys know what that means? You know what glory means? Look it up. I'll tell you right now really quick though, just for the sake. Glory just means exalted reputation. Did you know God wants to literally exalt his reputation through you? Go from glory to glory? That's what you're supposed to be doing? If that ain't happening, there's a disconnect. All right? And you guys, we're, and he, we will get into this. I want to share with you guys really quick, really foundational things that y'all are going to need in order to do this. You know, we're going to talk about internalizing God's love, internalizing grace. That's the foundation of any type of growth in your relationship with God. So, okay. With these weapons, we break down every proud argument that keeps people from knowing God. Are you doing that yourself? How many people have you guys met in general? I'm not just talking Christians. I'm talking non-Christians. They try to instruct everyone else, but they have never instructed themselves on the things that they're telling you to do. Let me give you a piece of life advice. Never take advice from someone whose life results you don't want. You know how some people can be very arrogant in their ways? But if you look at the fruit of their life, it's, it's crap, right? Their marriages went down the toilet. They don't have a good relationship with their kids. Their finances are in the trash, right? Their health is horrible. They don't take care of themselves, right? They're very irresponsible. They don't take care of their routine responsibilities. They have no vision for their life. Don't listen to people like that, okay? Do not listen to people who do not have the results in your life that you want, okay? I, I had to do a post on here. I say I had to, but I wanted to do a post. I did a post a couple weeks ago on social media because I was getting attacked by the older generation. They're like, what qualifies you to tell us what to do? Because I was asking the question, when, when is each generation going to take responsibility for the influence that they're having on the younger generation, right? Have you guys heard about the older generation condemning the millennials, their snowflakes, they're weak, they're this or that? Can we just take a step back and remember that the snowflakes and the millennials that you're putting down are the children that you raised? Why are we not taking responsibility for how, what we did or did not do? There was plenty of parents out there who raised their kids. They went to work, but that was it. They didn't know what their kids were involved with. They didn't know anything. And now they see the fruit of it and they don't like it. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you guys are bad. Take responsibility. We're not saying blame people. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying, Let's look and see who is responsible for the things that are happening. And can, can we look at that? That's a very humbling thing to do. Did you know that's what that's, you know, and that's part of human nature, right? What happened when God asked Adam, Hey, where'd you go? He's automatic blame mode. Unfortunately, that is the default of mankind. And if we don't have the Holy spirit, you don't got enough grace in yourself to take responsibility for your life at times. You can find yourself hiding behind all kinds of BS, right? while the world is burning down in front of you and just for the sake of saying, oh, okay, well, I don't wanna take responsibility for lighting the match, right? Come on, people, we gotta grow up, seriously. Anyway, so 
With these weapons, we conquer their rebellious ideas and we teach them to obey Christ. Again, you can't, you can't teach people to obey Christ if you can't even do it yourself. And that's extremely exasperating to be around somebody that's like that. All right. And then we punish those who remain disobedient after the rest of you became loyal and obedient. That's kind of interesting, right? So last one here, it says, uh, okay, this is the message. So this says the tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Amen. Right? That's what God desires. But again, you've got to learn to do this yourself. So let's, let's break down some words. Okay. You guys, this helps me understand scripture in its context too. What does it mean? What good is reading something if you can't apply it to your life, if you don't know what it means. That's the reason why most people don't do stuff is because like, well, I don't understand. Why do you think the Bible tells people to look for understanding and insight? If you have understanding and insight, then you're going to be able to take the information out here, the knowledge, apply it, look at your life. Okay. Does any of this apply and use it and then go from there. And then you slowly gain wisdom. Wisdom is just knowing the best ends and the best means for accomplishing a particular end. Number one, how in the heck are you going to grow in wisdom if you don't even know what end you're going towards? Right? What's your end? And then once you know your end, what's your vision? What's your goal? Then you can decipher what's going to be the best end. What's going to be the best means for that. Sometimes the way you're going about solving a problem right now is not going to be the right way to go about it. You have to sometimes change your technique, your structure, your, uh, what's the word? Um, strategy, right? But Everything you do should be in the context of, of something greater. Like, what did the Lord say? Without vision, people perish, right? His, and then he says, my people die for lack of knowledge. So it's important to have both. You got to have a vision for your life. What goals do you have? What do you want to create? What do you want to do? God gave you an imagination for a reason. Have you guys ever heard that quote from Albert Einstein? It says that imagination is the preview to life's coming attractions right? That's a really cool way to look at it. You know, God has given you an imagination for good. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, sometimes people use it for evil. They imagine all kinds of sick stuff, right? But think about it. The whole power of your life and your world is what you think about up here, what you're imagining, what you're thinking about. And that's really what it's coming down to at the end of the day is, are you able to look at your thought life and ask yourself, which imaginations, arguments, pretensions are going against the knowledge of God? And if you do become aware, I'm not gonna say if you do, I'm gonna say when, because guess what? Everybody's got them. Whether you you like it or not, everybody's got them. Because I'm gonna say 90, 100% of the people born after Adam and Eve were not raised by God. I mean, God ended up kicking them out of the garden. Did you know, I don't even know why I have to say this. I don't have to say this. You were not raised by God. You were raised by human beings. Most of us were raised by human beings who didn't know God. Or you were raised by human beings who knew God and they didn't really know him. They knew him through law and structure, but they didn't know him for love and grace and mercy and truth, the relational side of it. You guys, I'll say it again. If you are reading God's word and you're applying it to your life and it's putting you in a prison and you actually find yourself working against God, you're not looking at it rightly, period. So sometimes you have to be able to reevaluate 
how you are seeing God's word. The Pharisees, you know what the difference between them and the disciples were? The Pharisees lived in their own interpretations of what God said. The disciples were willing to be challenged by Jesus Christ. And they were, and they submitted to it. When he goes, hey, what's up with your unbelief? This is how, how do you see it? And that's the other thing about the Lord too. He always asks people first, how do you see this? My, and the Lord's gonna ask you that question. He's gonna ask you, how do you see what is going on in your life right now? You need to be able to interpret that. And then if you're seeing it wrongly, allow the Lord to readjust how you're seeing things, right? And that's really the whole power of grace. And we're gonna get into that, but let's, let's break down pretension. So if you guys go over here to the NIV version, it says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So let's talk about pretension really quick. What the heck is a pretension? All right, I had to look it up. I don't know what it meant. You guys, are you humble enough to acknowledge what you don't know? Did you know that that's the only difference between, did you know that's what the enemy uses to manipulate you? Is what you don't know? Now, sometimes you try to know too much and you take your mind and you put it in massive anxiety mode to, to try to figure out the future because you're not comfortable with uncertainty. The truth is you can only make a decision right in the moment that you have it, right? That's why you need wisdom and insight. Lord, help me to make the best decision for the life circumstances I'm in at the time. Make the best decision you can and leave the rest in his hands, right? You can only live one moment at a time. But anyway, so a pretension, a claim put forward whether true or false, <laughs> okay, just uh, a display. So you're making a claim, true or false, you probably know, but you ain't gonna tell the world, right? Okay, so a bold or presumptuous assertion. <laughs> All right, pretense, that which is pretended. Ooh, so what are you pretending? Now, here's the other thing too, uh, a pretense. Unfavorable and usual, okay, in the unfavorable and usual sense. So in the usual sense, this is me, this means something advanced or displayed for the purpose of concealing the reality. So think about that. So here's a question for you guys. Is there any part of your uh, reality you are lingering to surrender? Are you holding onto arguments instead of exposing? So ask yourself. Is there anything in your life that you're displaying for the purpose of concealing the reality of your life? Why in the heck would you do that, especially if you're a Christian? Did you know you're not gonna influence people if you cannot be real about yourself? Christ came to set the captive free. Did you know your past is not used against you? You're supposed to be able to walk out who you are as a person because he's come to, he's, he's forgiven you. That's what gives you power. That's what people are looking for. Right? And that's the thing. People need to know that, wow, we can relate to each other as human beings. You know what I mean? Falling short, not being, not knowing everything, making mistakes, having horrible lives at times, you know? And, and then you have to be able to acknowledge that before the world, you know, with humility and grace and truth and love. And those are the things that God's going to give you to do that. You can't reach people um, if you hide your life. That's not what Christ came. Christ came to live his life through you. But, you know, think about how Paul used to communicate with people. He never denied the fact. He's like, look, I used to straight up murder Christians. Right? Think about the things in your life that you used to do or be involved with or who you knew or what you did or insert here. That, if you know, culturally, 
I mean, I don't even know. I, I, <laughs> when I say that, I'm like, is there anything in culture these days that's like not acceptable? Like seriously, I mean, is everything just okay? You know what I mean? Is We have no standards. I, I talked about that on another video too. Why do we need justice? Because not everybody's on the same freaking moral page, right? You know, if everyone thinks it's okay to sleep with so-and-so's wife, have a sex change. What, you know, what about people having sex changes and not even telling the people that they're, that they're dating or hanging out with, right? I mean, there's so much just like stuff. You're like, wow, bro. I mean, is there no shame? But anyway, I'm a, I want to talk to people out there who actually do have morals and standards. This isn't obviously for everybody. Um, I think most people want to, but you know, in these days for some, I, I don't know why it's seen as bold and courageous to have have morals in your life and, and you know standards principles whatever all right anyway so where was i uh pretense okay we talked about that uh something displayed for the purpose of concealing the reality so are you concealing the reality of your life in any type of way if you're doing that you probably don't have enough love and grace inside of you and we're going to get into that so really quick let's look up arguments because it says that you're going to cast down Right? What are you supposed to cast down? It says, here, let me go over here to the NIV. We demolish arguments and every pretension. Are you demolishing thoughts that are getting in the way, that are concealing the reality of your life? Like, have you exposed your own fakeness? Seriously. Or are you too chicken to do it? Why would you be afraid to expose your reality if Christ came to forgive you? He's come to like restore the reality of your life. He's like, just acknowledge it. I've come to forgive you. You shouldn't be hiding your life if you're a Christian. If you are, there's some issues there. There's some red flags, you guys. And this is why you need to get my devotional, you know, Nuggets of Truth, 93 day devotional, because it's going to help you guys with that stuff. I promise you. You just have to be, you have to do the work. You can't just sit around and just wait for somebody to come save you. It's like Captain Sabaho, right? You have to realize the power of God in you first. Right? And you have to use the things he's given to you. This takes conscious effort, you guys. So, are you exposing the thoughts in your mind that are concealing the reality of your life? How are you doing that? Lord, how am I hiding the reality of my life? What am I doing here? What dynamic am I operating in? Okay, you got to ask these questions. These are the questions I ask the Lord all the time. And so that's why I can share this with you guys. Because I'm not going anywhere. I have, I'm not trying to lead you guys on a place that I've never gone. I can go here because I've gone there. I, I still go there. All right. All right. So argument, what's an argument, right? I mean, a lot of people get into them, right? Argument, a reason offered for or against something. Okay. Something offered is proof, evidence. So it's your evidence, right? For or against something. Three, a process of reasoning to establish or refute a position by the use of evidence. What's the position in your life? What's your general position with you and the Lord, right? And even in the context of all kinds of stuff. I mean, you got to be able to take this and apply this to every area of your life. What's your position on relationships, marriage, finances, raising kids, right? Your daily responsibilities, your legacy, all those things. What's your position on that? You have to take all of that to the Lord. Did you know he wants to be involved in every area of your life? Not just like, I don't know, the segregated lifestyle that people live with the Lord. You know, like go to church Sunday, but then like they don't acknowledge him. And I think that happens because of like how we approach church, but we're not going to get into that right now. I could see why people live in that mode, you know, but I'm trying to help you guys to see that even every other area of your life, right? 
Let, let's look at the seven areas again. Okay. The, uh, so, what is it? Yeah. Family and social relationships, career and education, finances, health, routine responsibilities, giving back to society. All right. Mot mental, emotional, and overall inner well-being. Every area of your life, everything you're involved in has everything to do with what you're thinking. If you can identify your thinking, you in every area, you can literally realize how much you need God in every area. How, you, how do you think about your relationships, right? Sometimes your own mind is the cause of the problems you're having. And if you don't learn to recognize God's spirit in you and his, his heart to restore you and help you and reconcile you and that you would actually bear fruit in every area of that life, right? Every area of your life. Did you know that's why Jesus said he came, that you'd have life and have it abundantly? If you knew how to produce an abundant life, would you not be doing that? Come on, people. It's not selfish. Don't you want good in your life? Don't you want to have a good marriage, good relationship with your kids, good on your finances, good on your health, good on everything? Heck, yes, Lord, sign me up. Of course I want that. You deny that, you're denying your human, you know, that's what we want as humans. We want good. We just don't always have the skills and the tools to cultivate good, let alone confront evil when we need to. Did you know that's our responsibility being on this earth? Everyone blames God for everything, but how many people are actually, you know, you, you doing what God told them to do, rule and subdue. And now you got to deal with the knowledge of good and evil, but that's a whole nother conversation. I'm sure that'll come back up down the road. Lord, help me remember that. Oh yeah. There's the definition of slave. We'll get into that sometime. Right. Remember at the very beginning of this video, I was talking about independence day and are we operating really independently? Or are we a bunch of slaves? So anyway, you guys, Let's, let's talk about this really quick before we get off here. So you, you guys know what an argument is. That's your reasons for or against. So what are your reasons for or against God, right? What evidence are you using? Most of the time, you're going to use the evidence of your life circumstances to either prove God is true or whether he's not true. The ones you want to focus on are the ones that tell you God is not who he said he is or he's holding out on you. You guys ever felt like that? I have. Get my book, Nuggets of Truth. I talk about it. So... How in the world are you going to just do this really hard work of literally confronting your arguments, your pretensions, everything that goes against God? What do you need in your life? Okay, go all the way back. Like when we're born, you guys, I, I've read some really amazing books by amazing people. I really believe other people are God's grace in its various forms. When I talk about grace, my perspective of grace is just that. You have to literally learn how to use grace in the thought. So grace is an aha moment. It's a new perspective on something. So I believe that God uses people to give us grace. He gives, they give us new insights, new ways of seeing things. So I read a really great book. You guys should check it out from Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. And he talked about in the very beginning, when a baby is born, they have the attachment phase, right? So their mother, whoever's caring for this baby is consistent, right? They're getting their needs met. They, the baby feels loved and cared for. So when the mom disappears for a moment, the baby doesn't panic and freak out. Like, oh my God, they have enough love inside of them. They've internalized it. Right? So then as they get older, now it happens in a phase. The attachment phase comes and then boundaries happen. When mom starts setting limits, the kid doesn't feel abandoned, right? Have you ever felt abandoned or frustrated by somebody because they set limits on you? Did you know that happens because you haven't perceived enough love in that relationship and trust that's needed, right? Some people don't like boundaries at all. And that's, those are usually very controlling people. Some people like the fact that you didn't have any boundaries or standards or anything that separated you from them because they used to manipulate you, right? And now all of a sudden it's like, 
you're figuring things out and now they can't play tricks on you anymore. That's a whole nother conversation. I'm talking about just normal human development. All right, you're supposed to attach and then you set limits. So that child knows that you love them even when the limits are in place. So when you come in relationship with God, he shows himself to you, right? You, you come to him for whatever reason. Most people come to God because they realize they need, they realize they need what he's come to give you, which is love, grace, forgiveness, truth, all that good stuff, right? You internalize that. You bring it into your heart, into your situations, all right? And then God, you start praying. I hope y'all are praying and talking to the Lord about life, things that are happening to you right now and things that you need and things you're thankful for, you know what I mean? Bringing it out, God shows himself, he answers. How do you know God answers? He uses our circumstances, right? He uses your thoughts. You know, and as he does that, you're, it builds your confidence. Like, wow, God does answer, right? He does do those things. So then when it looks like as you get older and it looks like, oh man, God ain't showing up, you should have enough love inside of you to know that God's consistent, right? So in order for you to be able to do this, you got to internalize God's grace and relationships. And you guys, so if you guys get my book, Nuggets of Truth, day 44, 46, 48, 59, all these days, 64, all right, internalizing God's grace. Are you learning to rely on the love that God has for you? Grace for the darkness. God's grace is enough. And grace is enough. There, I talk about it like crazy in this book, you guys. Nuggets of truth. You guys got to get your hands on this. It's going to help you tremendously. You cannot cast down arguments or pretensions without the love and the grace of God. It has to be in you first. You have to know that he's a safe place for you to go to acknowledge the things that you know he's against. That, why do y'all think that was the reason you never told your parents the truth? You're like, oh man, they're going to beat my ass. I'm going to be in so much trouble. My dad or mom's going to hate me. No, bro. You should know that your parents love you and you can go to them for those things. So podcast, I better get off here, you guys. I've only got 10 seconds left. And uh, thank you guys for joining me today. You guys are awesome. I will see you guys next week.